0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Black Berea podcast. On this special episode, we sit down live with Lamp Mode artist and author Shia Lin. We get to know the man, the message and the ministry. A big thank you to Ecclesia for hosting us and a massive thank you to all of you guys for coming out and participating. Make sure you buy Shy's new book, God Made Me A New and his new album,
1: Jesus Kids. Hope you enjoyed the episode. A Christian mind is not one that is trained to think only about Christian topics. It is a mind that has learned to think about everything from a Christian perspective. Christianity provides a comprehensive view of the world. Christianity is a worldview. Worldviews are the grids. They are the
0: lenses through which we frame all of reality. How's everyone doing? Oh, Gabby said so fantastic. That's good to hear. Effing really? Thank you so much, guys, for coming. We really appreciate you guys. Uh, we're Black Berea, and we are sitting with Shy today. Uh, my name is Mary. And I'm Kofi. And this is Shy. I'm Shy. hi. <laughs> and yeah, we've just got a, a, a load of questions. Um, talk shy and we're just gonna have a, a good discussion about the book shy your music your ministry um, and yeah, we will have time during the night for you guys to ask questions so
2: please do when you can I think the best way to go about that is um, we're going to try and do it quite systematically so if we're talking about shy's marriage or ministry um, if you have a question at that particular stage that we don't think we've asked just put your hand up and top her
0: Tope was supposed to sit there, but she's not there.
2: Eventually, Tope will just come around with a microphone and you can just ask your question to Shai. Shai has been very kind and said, you know, the questions can be quite wide ranging and he feels comfortable enough to say, I'm not going to answer this. So feel free to ask your (laughs) questions um, and it should be a good evening. Yeah. So we want to start off with a little icebreaker. Um, The way the icebreaker is going to work is... um, we're going to ask Shai to recall some of his own lyrics. So the way we're going to do it is Mary and myself and Topper have gone through some of Shai's old tracks and we've pulled out a few of his lines. So what we want him to do is to hear the two lines and to guess his track.
0: It's really hard because I'm trying to not say it in the way it was said. <laughs> so I'm going to try to say it in the most monotonous, dry way possible. Um, but should I go with the first one?
2: Yeah, go for it. Okay,
0: so what song is this from, Shai? My DJ's Fader... Sets the method, but we convey what the text suggested.
3: That's from Disconnected. Yeah I, <laughs> that. right.
0: okay. yeah. I think did I help you. Did I? I tried not to. No, 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 no. That's good. Okay, cool. My DJ's
3: fader sets the method. But we convey what Okay, okay. Okay,
0: next one. Through Christ, every spiritual blessing belongs to us. Therefore, be not envious of wrongdoers. <laughs>
3: That's um that's Psalm thirty seven remix.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Two for two <laughs> two for two. Yeah. Okay, this one I'm trying to get it harder now. <laughs> you might need to get checked in the bellevue if you think that God that if God was hungry, he would tell you.
3: <laughs> that's I am oh with uh, SO okay your memory I mean, is actually... this, is, this is not impressive this I mean, is my music like. I know
0: but because you, you've got so much music eight albums hey, thousands hey. of lyrics I thought you might have to okay,
3: yeah. okay we've got two more left okay
0: Tis so sweet to trust in him a touch in him when I'm bleeding I want to touch his hem
3: hmm him Jackie Hill Perry
0: Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, I killed, it. You but killed you, it. But you
3: included the title of the song <laughs> I did, in I did. the lyrics. I slightly
0: did, you know. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. was, okay, so last one is not your lyrics, okay. but they're from another Christian rapper. So you want to see if you can get...
3: Okay.
0: <laughs> I used to be a punk kid, used to want to run with dudes who want to hunt that turned our ones into hundreds. Used to want, to want a blunt to be blunt. I wanted trees just to alter my mind. Now I find I'm wanting Jesus.
3: Ah, oh, yes, we got one, we got one, we got one, yes. Wait, what does this have to do with me? Does it have anything to do with me? So it's <laughs> another, <laughs> just, just another So you didn't, you didn't feature on this lyric, you didn't feature on the track,
0: so... but it's another Christian hip-hop artist. This is, think... this is another Christian yeah. hip-hop so artist? now we're just tr- testing your boldness oh, in terms wow. of, Do you know the scope of the Christian hip-hop sphere?
3: All right. Um, Can I hear it again?
0: Okay, I'll read it again.
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) I used to be a punk kid, used to want to run with dudes who want to hunt that turned our ones into hundreds. Used to want a blunt to be blunt. I wanted trees just to alter my mind. Now I find I'm wanting Jesus. Who read? Who, who felt that reading? Who felt that? Yes. Click, 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 click. Who felt it? He felt it? Who felt it? Who felt it? Who felt it? It's, <laughs> it's not helping that it's in a British accent as well.
3: It's not. It's not, <laughs> yo.
0: Does anyone in the audience I'm, know? I'm, I'm
3: going to feel so bad. Someone in,
0: okay. Does anyone in the audience want to help? So, oh. Okay, okay, let me try and wrap it. I'm going to try and wrap it in his <laughs> hey. accent as well. Okay, okay. I used to be a punk here, used to want to run with, dudes who want to hunt, that turn out ones in the hundred, used to want to blunt, to blunt, I wanted trees just to open my mind, that I find I wanted Jesus. Click, my, click for the rap. Uh. Click for the rap, click for the rap. Uh. Yeah, no, I used to do it, I used to do it before. <laughs> Retired. Very, no, yeah. very.
2: Uh. I think he's got it. I'm going to take a wild guess. I'm going to say gemstones.
0: No, no, incorrect, so, oh, incorrect. Remove uh, it from the building. Remove uh. it <laughs> <laughs> from the room.
2: We had one over there. You got a guess?
0: It's actually quite a famous song as well. No, no. Ish. La Nope, nope, nope. Remove that child from the room. <laughs> okay, you know I'm just gonna. No one, no one knows. Nope. Uh, no, 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 no. Not Triple. Okay, you can start naming artists, and I'll see.
3: Levi. Nope. Nope.
0: Nope. Nope. Okay. okay I, don't, I don't feel so bad now. Okay, so it is. <laughs> did you say? It's not KB. Okay, so it's the ambassador. Give me that. Give me that uh, fire. Give me that. Come on, give me that. Uh, I'm surprised that you guys didn't get it. That's a big uh, song. And the ambassador, uh, you know, you have, you love ambassador. you uh, gonna four, be so mad at me. Yeah. There Sorry go. about that. Sorry yeah. about that.
3: But no, but four for four for your own lyrics. Hey, hey. I'm not seen now. <laughs>
0: So if you if you were performing a song from your album, any album, would you think you'll be able to remember it quite quickly, or would you need a quick run through and then you've got it?
3: Like if I'm doing a concert or something yeah. like that? Yeah. I, um Depending on how how old the song is. So okay. So I, I generally have a have a set of songs that I, that I do pretty regularly. But mm-hmm. if there's something from the archives and yeah, I, I may need a quick refresher and rehearsal. Just to go so through. the
0: concert you did on Friday uh, was that was, was that easy to remember the lyrics, or did you have have a quick run
3: through? Yeah, that that was pretty easy to remember the lyrics. Okay. Alright, so let's yeah. let's
2: take it a step back.
3: Okay.
2: Who were your early music influences?
3: Early influences. Early. So so going way like way back even before I was a Christian? Yeah, or, yeah. all the way back. Okay. Yeah. So going all the way back, um, yeah, it was it was people like like the Roots. So I'm from, I'm from Philly. Um, so groups like The Roots, um, people like Nas, um, Rock him going way back, slick rick, public enemy, going, okay. going way, way back. That's like so that.
2: how did that change as you became a Christian? Did it at all? Did it affect your sound? Is that where it came from?
3: Well yeah, I think I think a lot of the people that I I used to listen to definitely affected my approach. So so the, the kind of hip hop that I was influenced by was uh, hip hop that was used to proclaim some kind of message within it. Um Generally, a positive message, and so once I became a Christian, it, it was it was natural for me to take what was once used to spread false ideas about about God and and then false worldviews and, and leverage that for for the glory of God.
2: Okay, so what's the story of Shy going from being a big sort of Blackfoot fan and so on, mm-hmm. becoming a Christian? How was your conversion? Was it one where you had a family that was Christian? One where you came from a completely unchristian environment what was it like
3: yeah so didn't grow up in a christian home um my my mom did um, but got away from it around the time that i was born um so she never really instilled it in me and my sister um around the time that i was in i guess we would call it middle school i don't know if y'all call it secondary school. i'm not sure uh secondary school 12 12, 13 okay
2: secondary school yeah
3: Yeah, um around that time um she came back to the Lord and began to talk to me about about Christ, but by that time my, my worldview was firmly established in just a lot of the hip hop that i was that I was listening to so so at that point, I was really anti christianity mm-hmm. um, I saw Christianity as the white man 's religion as mm-hmm. something that was used as a tool to to oppress and enslave and, um, and and so so I would just tell my mom like it's cool if that works for you, but please don't try to try to push it on me. I'm, I'm never going to become a Christian, I actually, once I told her that. Um, wow. And um, so the way the Lord brought me to himself is my, my third year of college. Um, so I went to the College of Performing Arts in okay. Philly where I studied theater. Uh, so my, my goal was to be an independent film actor and director. Um, so acting is actually my, my first love. Um, and... Third year school, basically partied my way out of school, dropped one too many classes. It took me under the credit limit for financial aid, and so I was out of school with three semesters left to go. And that was really the first kind of wake-up call, looking back on it uh, from the Lord. Um, I started a theater company, did that in Philly for, um, for a couple years, or for a year, and then I felt like I wanted to get out of Philly just to kind of see the world a little bit. And so so my plan was actually to move to Spain. (laughs) Um, So I was taking conversational Spanish classes and and getting ready to just kind of venture out and and see the world. Uh, A friend of mine uh, asked me to come and. I stay with him and save up money to to go to Spain and and while I was there in our circle of friends so, so we were in a real party type of crowd and in our circle of friends there was a young lady who was a believer and, and that was really the first time I saw someone my age who was a Christian and living for Christ and, and we didn't treat her well so we would clown her both behind her back into a face and she just returned it with nothing but kindness and that was something that just really really stood out to me but uh, but one night I was at a party and um if if you would have asked me that before that night if I believed in good and evil, I would have said I didn't think there was a such thing as objective evil, like evil for its own sake, but just different levels of good. But but as I was at that party intoxicated, I just looked around the room and I felt like I was in the presence of the demonic like in a way that just terrified me. And so I went out on the balcony to gather my thoughts. And as I was out there, I started to think about some of the things that my mother had told me years before and realized two things. One was that running my own life wasn't working. And two was that I had rejected the Bible, but I had never actually read it for myself. So I had all these arguments against the Bible and Christianity, but it was all things that I had been told. I was just repeating things that I had been told. and so. So I was just convicted of the foolishness of that. And so uh, not long after that, went to a bookstore, grabbed the Bible for the first time. And the first thing I remember reading is Psalm 25, 7, where David says, remember not the rebellious ways of my youth. And the Lord just, I just cut me to the heart. I called my mom, let her know what was going on. And she told me to read the book of John. And it was through reading the, the gospel of John that, that I was converted. So,
2: Well, praise God for that. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Um, so in your early stages, you yeah. come to faith now. Yeah. Tell us a bit about that journey from you going from a newborn babe to I guess where you are now. What was your first church, pastors, yeah. formative relationships?
3: Yeah, so so when I first got saved, uh, it, it was such an overnight kind of thing. It was it was very much like I was one dude one day and then like a completely different dude, like on fire for the Lord. And so I was still acting at the time. Um so I was working full time as a as an actor in Philly and um well so someone had introduced me to this director it, it was a, a christian guy who who directed a a christian street theater troupe um so basically we would jump into a van and go up and down the east coast and go to the ruggedest hoods jump out the van and do these grimy evangelistic plays you know what i'm saying um and and it it was it was wild cuz so in one of the plays uh, it's <laughs> It sounds kind of corny now, but but when we was doing that, we was like, yeah. So 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 basically, it was like these guys were about to rob a bank. Okay. And, and one of the dudes was like, I think I've become a Christian, man. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> going to do it. So then one of the dudes was like, nah, you're going to rob this bank, man. We're going to rob it. So they get into this conflict, and then he ends up shooting the guy. Um, the, the guy that became a Christian got shot. So we would jump out the van and do these plays on the street. Yeah. You know, toy gun, fake like the dude got shot. Like so in Baltimore one time we did it and and at that scene when the, where where the guy gets shot, a car stops in the middle of the street, a dude jumps out the car, runs over, He's like, yo man, you all right, you all right? <laughs> and then we're like, get out the way, it's a play, it's a play. <laughs> and he looks around, he's like, Oh, my bad, my bad. And this goes, goes back to the good car. Acting, so, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we we I mean it was it was good times. Yeah. Um and yeah, I, I was I was at a number of different churches. So at that point I was so like On fire for the Lord, that it was just like, "Yo, why didn't anybody tell me about this?" So, like, I would go to three different churches on Sundays just to like, just to get as much as I could, you know what I'm saying? Um, But eventually, I settled into a a church called 10th Presbyterian in Philly, um, and which, um, and then after that, I got involved with the with a church plant of 10th, and then another church plant, Epiphany Fellowship, Um, and um, and so I was I was telling someone this weekend that. In, in part of my journey the the lord has uh, been gracious to use me to in to participate in starting different yeah. different kinds of works um and then then and then moving on to other works but um but yeah that that's a little bit about the about the beginning
0: okay mary yeah and even when you um did you when you was when you first became a christian did you ever consider going into ministry like how did rap come about how did thinking about becoming an elder and 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 your journey. Did you ever think that you would ever go into, into church ministry or, or be so deeply involved in, in gospel music?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so, so in God's providence, just the community that that I was in, uh, it was it was filled with dudes who were hip hop backgrounds and 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 serious about the scriptures. Like like both of those things were together, and uh, and so it was it was really natural to. You know, know, right, yo, let's 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 chop it up. Let's have a Bible study. Let's crack open the Word. Let's see what the Lord has to say. Like that—that that was just a normal thing that we did in uh, in in the various communities that that I was in. And um, you know, people would say, would tell me that you know we think you have the gift of teaching and that kind of thing. And um, I I never really knew exactly what it would look like. I just knew that God had given me a certain you know set of gifts and just wanted to be faithful in using those gifts and and really like the whole journey has has been something that I didn't plan. It's not something I really kind of expected. It's just kind of step by step, the Lord has opened doors along the way and I've just tried to be faithful to walk through the various doors that he's opened.
2: So I think touching on Christian hip hop, I think for a number of us, there have been, let's say interesting discussions that have been had around the legitimacy of Christians engaging in hip hop historically um, and what we're finding now, I think one of the things that is coming to the forefront is a genre of music called drill, right? So in the back, Shai and Mary and myself were listening to um, some Christian drill. Yeah, we're well, giving, giving a quick overview. Inverted commas, yeah, mm-hmm. Christian drill. Um, and So the question that I think a lot of us have had is, how do you go about deciding whether there's a genre of music that Christians can attempt to interact with attempt to redeem attempt to use for the means of conveying the gospel
3: yeah so i'm i'm not i'm not that familiar with drill yeah um specifically but i, I can speak a little more generally Yeah, sure. um which so there's layers there's layers to it so on the one hand god made all things for his glory right so every everything is meant to glorify God. And the day that you find something that is not sinful or doesn't have sinful associations, like, that's going to be heaven, <laughs> right? So, ev- so everything in this world is touched by the stain of the fall. Um, so there's, there's no pure music genre. Um, at the same time, you have to be mindful of associations. So, associations are important. They're they're powerful, and and they're things that can be stumbling blocks for people. Um, and so, so that so you do have to be you have to be sensitive to that. But I I don't think that there is anything that that is not inherently Sinful that can't be leveraged for the glory of God. So if you have particular sounds and drum patterns and musical notes, those in and of themselves, those things are not sinful. Um, they, but but the, but the power of association is such that it can be easy to associate these particular sounds with my former sinful life. Um, And so so for those people for whom that is true, then I would encourage them not to participate in those things for the sake of their own conscience. Um, But if you ask me, can something that is sinful and used for wicked purposes be used for God's glory? My first answer is going to be, the cross the cross was something that was used for wicked purposes and god himself in the person of jesus dies on the cross and and the cross becomes the the symbol for the christian faith and even in the new testament the references to the cross and what christ has done those references abound and he has used the most wicked thing possible and leveraged it for God's glory. And so if that can be true of the cross, then it absolutely can be true for a musical genre.
2: It's a comprehensive answer. Yeah. Um, I think at this point, I'm seeing a lot of ums and ah's coming from the audience. I'm just wondering, does anyone have sort of a question that they wanna probe a bit more Shy's answer on this? Are we good to keep going? Everyone's looking at me like, they don't know how to speak. Yeah, <laughs> good to keep going?
0: Yeah, I think they're good. Okay, we've got a question from the gentleman with the tan top, top, j- jacket.
2: Topes coming over.
0: Top over.
1: Shout we- Yeah, obviously we know that some of the, the artists like are wearing balaclavas. Yeah,
3: um, they're wearing what?
1: Shy doesn't know this, so please. <laughs> masks, <laughs> masks, so balaclavas like to cover their faces and that's like a part of the genre. Oh, of like okay. covering your face, so you can't be identified by ops or okay police or Opposition. enemies Opposition. enemies yeah enemies, uh-huh. so uh-huh, yeah, sorry, so yeah, that's um, so cool, having nah, that in good. mind, and you know, all the negativity that the non Christian rappers would be um dealing with, yeah, do you think it would be okay, even though they're not necessarily doing evil, um but mimicking that is that? Is that something that we should stay away from, or
3: stay away from as a listener or as an artist?
1: Both, both. So yeah, visually, I'm. T- so this is more just from a visual. Yeah, because like for instance, you know there are videos where people are holding the Bible, yeah, and and kind of aiming it as a gun, right. kind of like things like that. So how how do a we sword? take stuff? I
0: think the word of God is a sword. Could it not be applied? No, am I? Am I, re- am I reaching for that one? Am I reaching? Am I- okay, I'm reaching, I'm reaching, I'm reaching, I'm reaching. I'm reaching.
3: <laughs> hmm. Yeah, so, so with, without, without knowing the specific artists involved, um, so, so I, I, I think that that's uh, a question of, of wisdom. Um, so so, so, if, so, so if, I, if I were to encounter an artist who was interested in giving off that type of a portrayal, the first question that I would ask is, what church do you go to? Um, who, who, who's your pastor? Um, who, who's your accountability? Uh, who are the people, who are the godly people, mature, seasoned saints, that you're taking this idea to and running it by to get counsel from? That'd be the first question that I would that I would ask, and then I would continue the conversation from from there.
0: Got another question? Okay, brilliant. When it comes to your music, how do you how do you expect a listener to engage with your music? Because I know generally some music can be used as a form of entertainment, or just kind of a general kind of good practice to listen to a good good purpose generally. But when it comes to your music, do you do you expect people to deal with it as, almost as studying or yeah, so how generally do you expect people to engage with your music?
3: Yeah, so I, I think all, all music has an, there's an entertainment aspect to okay. music. Otherwise, you would just say it or write it rather than you know, put music behind it. Um, so, so there's definitely an aspect of that. I, I think for me personally, I've um, so, so lyrical theology is, is something that we came up with to describe what it is that we do, so we so we want to be lyrical and and use the you know particular forms of of rhyme patterns and rhyme schemes and that kind of thing uh, and and at the same time we want to be theological theology the study of god uh, so 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 my aim is to promote the the study of god and so so ideally, what I would like to see happen um, is it's for people to hear my music, and for that to be a pointer beyond the music itself to the the truth that I'm seeking to to proclaim. So that, that's what I would like to happen. Mm.
2: Take us through the process of you creating an album. So you're on your eighth album?
3: I've just put out my eighth album, yeah. Just put out your
2: eighth album. Take us through, what's, what's the process? Are so you someone who sits away for two weeks, and yes. just goes, I need the album out, I need to write, Are you someone who's more... <laughs> I'm feeling it. Let's go to the studio today. Don't do anything four months. What's the process for Shia putting yeah, together? Yeah,
3: I, I wish it was two weeks, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that would be great. But no, so, 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 so usually my, my albums are, are a long time in development. Um, I, I have the ideas many years usually in advance. Um, so, you know, Attributes of God, that was an album I did that came out in 2011. And the, the idea for that we had back in 2004. So seven years from conception to uh, to release, uh, and that that's, that's typical. Um, so so once I once I have the idea and it's time to actually go into album making mode, um, I'll gather all the concepts. I'll connect with the producers, let them know it's usually a collaborative process, and let them know what I'm thinking about overall album concept, and then and then we'll begin to work on individual songs so they'll send music and then at that point is when I start start writing kind of as I get the music so i i get the music first and then and then i write so i'll try to try to let the music guide the particular approach that i take on each song and and then from there it's just a matter of um, trying to refine it and go, going back and forth about adding things taking things out um and but that's, that's the general process. With, with every album that I've made, I've hit a point where there was serious writer's block. And where, where I was sitting there before a blank page or a blank screen thinking, yeah. I'm never going to write anything ever again. It's just not going to happen. Like, literally having those okay. thoughts. That's happened every, every single time. How, and, and,
0: how yeah. do you usually get out of that funk, so to speak?
3: I, I cry. <laughs> and I pray. And I tell my wife. Um, and, and she prays. And Ghost writes
0: a few bars.
3: Ghost writes a few bars, um, and yeah, and the Lord is is, is faithful to uh, to help. But yeah, I've always felt like, all right, I'm done. All right, Lord, what you got for me next? Because this is just not going to happen.
0: And how'd you do in this age of music where streaming? It's people artists used to release an album every three years. Now it seems like it's every three months. Yeah. Like, how'd yeah. you deal with that as a creator and, and the music you
4: make?
3: Yeah. So so I'm old school, um, and and. Yeah, I, I I try not to uh to give in to that kind of I I have a process that has uh worked uh for for better or for worse um and um I I think I'm I'm closer to the end of my career than I am to the beginning uh and so so my so my thought is to um just to to continue in my lane um and and as it goes as the Lord uh, provides, and, and I'm able to, to put things out then to do it that way. But my goal at this point is to is to put out a project every year. Okay. So that's, so that's what, I've been, what I've been shooting for. Do
2: you but, have the uh, concept for the ninth album? I'm sorry? Do you have the concept for the ninth album? Yes,
3: I do. Can so you let us know? I can, yeah. So the next album is Lyrical Theology Part 3, um, Sociology. Mm. Um, so what does it look like for the gospel to impact particular areas of life so things like abortion homosexuality racial injustice family um, how, how does the gospel impact those particular things that's that's what the concept of the album is
0: okay and and the recent album your uh jesus kids jesus the project yeah. you just released um, yeah. what was the inspiration behind that
3: yeah it's a children's album so again we I had the the concept for that back in '07. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So so it's okay. m- many years in the making. Um, so 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 when when I did Penelope Judd, which is a children's story, from, stories from, from from story from the stories album. Uh,
1: okay. That's my favorite she album. Of yours, look you so. being all research. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I know you shot.
3: <laughs> yeah. So 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 that song probably more than any song I've ever done has got. Maybe outside of false teachers, has gotten the most, the biggest response from people. Wow, which is crazy. So I'll I'll be in places and I'll get these big thugged out <laughs> looking dudes talking about, "Yo, man, that Penelope Jud dog <laughs> changed my life. Yo, that joint had me crying, dog. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so, so yeah. The idea of doing a children's album and then having kids of my own. So. So we have we have three children, uh, me and Blair, my my beautiful, wonderful wife, uh, Blair Lynn. Um, yeah. So so our children, Sage, Maya, and Ezra, ages six, four, and three. Um, having kids of my own, um, and and seeing that the material that's usually out there for children, it, there's there's very little of it, not much of it at all, with an urban kind of feel or with a hip hop kind of feel. It, mm-hmm. it has a, it just has a different kind of feel to it. And so um so I just wanted to, wanted to release something that can um help establish children in their faith and be a tool for parents to help teach children the faith knowing that for many of us um it, it's the case that there are things that we learned as children that we continue to hold on to today. And you think about the ABCs, right? Like there's a song that comes to mind. That's a song that we learned when we were kids. Um and so uh, so how dope would it be for, for the Lord to remind teenagers and adults about the, the truth that they received through a children's yeah. hip-hop album when they were kids? And so that's, that's a big part so of it. So was it harder
2: to write this or your other previous projects where you were thinking more of an adult demographic? Uh,
3: in some ways, this was harder. This was harder because you, you, you're trying to take deep theological truths and bring them down to a place where a five-year-old can understand it. Um, and it, there's a... That's challenging. That can, that can be really challenging. From, from, a, from an artistic standpoint, as a writer, it's, it's not as, as challenging in terms of the, the structure of it, but in the communication of it is, is very challenging. It, I found it to be challenging.
0: And, and that alongside with uh, the God Made Me and You conference, uh, which you just had recently. Mm-hmm. So if anyone doesn't know, Shai, in conjunction with uh, ELT, had a conference, uh, conference slash concert. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Friday was a conference. Yesterday was, was the conference. No, Friday was a concert. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was the conference. Yeah. Just about church and diversity. And when you, when you, in your album, uh, Jesus Kid, you touch on God Made Me and You. Has anyone heard God Made Me and You, by the way? yeah couple people okay you can him along i, I might can still, still new It's uh, still new it is still new, so no pressure <laughs> yeah. it's on youtube <laughs> it is on god youtube god made me and you um but um what what was the importance of of having that that song in terms of wanting your children to understand the the importance of diversity and how god has made them
3: this, this so the song so i wrote the song after i wrote the book okay right so so the the publisher of the book approached me about 2 years ago and Uh, And asked if I would be interested in writing a book that deals with diversity, and and it's actually the second book in a series. Mm -hmm. Um, So the the first book was uh, written by a different author, and it was about it was it's called God Made All of Me, Um, and it's about teaching children about their bodies as as a way to to prevent um to be on guard against sexual predators Mm -hmm. um and so so basically the idea for the 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 publisher had is okay how can we take these serious topics and and educate our children in a biblical way about Mm -hmm. them and so uh so they came to me with the idea for god made me and you and uh and i said yeah i think that would that would would be great and um it's it's important because and, and it's something that really hit hits home with me Uh, So I've I've told the story a couple times this weekend about how my my son, my oldest son, who's six now, Sage, he was at a a Christian school, primarily white. He was the only black boy in the school. And there was an incident where he was in class and they were studying the ancient Egyptians. um, And so the illustrations were of brown people. And one of the kids... um, at that time, looked at my son and said, Sage has brown skin, ha, 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 ha. And, and all the kids began to laugh at him. Uh, and he was, he was devastated yeah. by that. And, and we, as his parents, were devastated by that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then at one time at the dinner table, he says to us, Mom, Dad, I don't, I don't want to have brown skin. I want to have white skin. Um, and, and so the the mindsets of white supremacy... Had infiltrated his thoughts about himself and identity at a very early age. That mm. incident happened when he was four, um, and so um, and so so, so, so so the thinking is let's let's get ahead of it um, because these things are being communicated and transmitted to our children in unconscious ways. Often, you know, if you think about illustrations in books, mm-hmm. right, and and usually it's of white people, you know, these you know, illustrated Bibles, um, and, and, and I, I, well, I feel kind of way about it, illustrated Bibles, but that, that's neither here nor there. But the, the point being that when you look at the illustrations, you see people who don't look like you, um, but these are the heroes of scripture. And so, and then in other areas of culture, you see people who do look like you, and they, they tend to be the villains in culture. Mm. And so, so how do you process that as, as a four-, five-, six-year-old child? Um and, and so the, the thinking was, you know what, let's let's provide some tools through which our our children can see that God has a purpose and a design for all people, that we're all fearfully and wonderfully made, and, and that the, the distinct ways that God has made us are intentional and that He did those things for His glory. So you and your brown skin bring much glory to God, just as much as a person in their any other color skin brings glory to God. So, mm-hmm. and you
0: spoke about when you were younger, um, you never become a, you're not gonna, never going to become a Christian. And one of the reasons why it was you thought Christianity was a white man's religion.
3: That's right.
0: Could you speak a bit more on that, and why why you thought that was the case, and how you've dealt with that subsequently to you when you since you become a Christian?
3: Yeah. So so my 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 thinking then was that, and you know, so I was heavily influenced by Malcolm X. So so <laughs> Malcolm X was my dude um and and so yeah the thinking that
2: what drew you to malcolm i'm sorry what drew you to malcolm
3: what drew me to malcolm um yeah i I was so i was drawn to malcolm through the first through the music that i was listening to um guys who were telling me that i should be listening to malcolm um and but then through through the movie so it wasn't even the book it was the movie the spike lee movie um and um and just basically just seeing his journey his eloquence his his ability to to speak to the black experience in america at that time uh, in ways that i thought were were compelling and um and but but one, but one of the things that um that he pointed out was basically if you if your slave master wasn't a christian you wouldn't be a christian um and and for me that that held a lot of weight It's like man like that's that's true because what, what, what were my people practicing before they came to America? Um, it wasn't until later that I realized that Christianity actually there's it was in Africa before it was in Europe, right? But I, I, I was never told that before, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Um, but um, yeah, so 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 for me that that was why I, I found that argument to be really just really compelling that the whole slaves and in the way the way that. The Bible was misused, so things like the curse of Ham, you know, you know, mm. saying that that's referring to uh, to black people yeah. and 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 that kind of thing was just was just distasteful. And then even my idea of what I thought a Christian was, um, it just it to me it didn't seem compatible to to black people. It didn't seem to have the answers for the questions that I was asking as a black man growing up in America. I, I would look at something like the Nation of Islam um, um, as something that. Um, and i, I didn 't embrace that either but but at least I saw that okay at least they 're trying to deal with the questions that a black man is asking I, I saw the I saw the church as mostly women so so i had I had very few examples of christ godly Christian men who were present in the community, and so that mm-hmm. that was something like just like where, where they at you know what i 'm saying um, so so there were a lot of different hindrances hindrances and and obstacles and stumbling blocks uh, but but what did away with that was simply reading the Bible yeah. and and learning about the Lord Jesus Christ, so almost in one sense separating church history and the history of professing Christians and actually going straight to the Bible and saying what, like what does god's Word actually have to say yeah. um, and and at the end of the day like i i can't I can't judge the Lord Jesus Christ according to what people who profess to follow him the, the sin that they commit. Um, that, that, that's, a, that's a foolish thing to do. I have to, I have to consider Jesus on his own terms and what he has to say about himself and what the Bible has to say about how we should conduct ourselves. And so, so ultimately it was scripture itself that, that broke down all of my preconce- preconceived notions.
2: Were there any particular passages in scripture that were quite pivotal to shaping your theology in that way?
3: In, in terms of...
2: In terms of seeing sort of um, the difference between this is the history of the church and perhaps that has been marred by, in some cases, racism and so on. Mm-hmm. But actually understanding that Christianity itself as a faith-based system
3: mm-hmm. is separate
2: to that and teaches something quite different.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think it was, it was primarily the commands. So, so the, the simplicity of the command to love your neighbor... Love your neighbor as yourself, right? Um, that, that in and of itself excludes slavery. It just excludes it, right? Like if, you, you're not, you're not going to whip someone that you're loving as yourself. Be, be, be kind to one another, right? To be gentleness, patience. Uh, so so it, it was the ethical commands of the New Testament that said, Okay, these these cats were disobeying. They they were not obeying the Bible, uh, and so yeah, it was it was really as simple as that.
0: Mm. Putting back into your book, uh, Jesus Kids, and you becoming a father, what are ways you, that that you think that becoming a father has shaped you, and almost how have you found becoming a father um, reminded you of of God as a father in your personal relationship with the Lord?
3: Mm, that's an excellent question. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Um it it's in so many ways it shaped me. So that's so, your question. <laughs> 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 Don't try to take credit. You take credit You right <laughs> like, Nah, that was me. That was me. Now nah, that's dope. Yeah. So in so many ways, I think I think primarily by <laughs> it it helps me to recognize in deeper ways the contrast, <laughs> the deep contrast between <laughs> me as a father and God the father. Mm. Um because there's so many times that I'm convicted as I'm Impatient with my kids that, that God's just convicted me like that's not how I treat you, right do I discipline you like that? you know what I'm saying like like those kinds of ideas it's, it's, it's just um, yeah I'm, I'm just reminded of my of my shortcomings and my need for the Lord and just his his tenderness and his patience with me um, because I, I can tend to be just so uh, either annoyed or impatient with my own children and just just recognizing that God is—he's so slow to anger with me. He—he um, he bears with me. He—he he abides with me. Um, and and so there's that constant reminder. And and I think there's also just a just a joy that comes from interacting with my children, and a thankfulness that comes with. Because because again, growing up, I I had zero. Examples that I can think of of Christian godly fathers. Um, so, so in my context, people—it was rare to see people who were even married, right? So, so I didn't even go to a wedding. I think I, I went to one wedding that I can recall, which was my or two, my my mom when she got married to my stepfather, and and I had a cousin who got who got married. But but other than that, like before entering into the evangelical subculture, it was. I saw way more funerals, I was at way more funerals than I was at, at weddings. And so, uh, so just thankfulness to the Lord, like man, I, you know, and this was one of, one of my prayers, and something that even when I, when I proposed to my wife, one of the things that I spoke to her about was just the importance of legacy, and, and leaving a godly legacy, because two believers in a family who come together as husband and wife, the impact that that can have on generations is astounding. I remember, and I'm, I'm just kind of going on and on, but <laughs> I, I I remember in in premarital where we had to um, kind of draw out our, the family tree uh, and just kind of mm-hmm. look at <laughs> look at you know as far back as we can remember, great grandparents, grandparents, parents, and um, and just seeing so much brokenness. And you know, and, and, and basically you had to list out, okay, what do you remember about, or what, what can you know about their, whether it be sickness or addictions or challenges or struggles And, and it was just it was just so dysfunctional for, for generations kind of going back and, and I remember I remember talking to some, uh, some of my white brothers and sisters who came from like oh, my great great-grandparents were believers and their children were believers mm. and their children were believers and now we're believers. And it was just like that they could trace their faith back to three generations before the faithfulness of their great-grandparents. And I was like, man, that, how dope would that be to be able to leave a godly legacy in, in that way? And So that, that's something that's very, very important and I'm very, very passionate about that. Mm.
2: So, put I'm going to say a step back. How did you meet your wife? So Blair, you spoke about at the start, you yeah. sang her sort of praises. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. did you meet? Where did you meet? What was it that drew you to her? When did she decide that mm, I'm gonna start listening to this guy? We'll have uh-huh. Conversations and so on. How did that happen?
3: Yeah, so we were both invited to the same event, um, in Long Beach, California. So Blair's from LA and I'm from Philly and and I got invited to this event out in, in Long Beach. Yeah. And and so she was doing poetry, I was doing music. Okay. Um, and we just kind of met in passing at the moment. At that time, I was single, and I was just like like real focused, you know what I'm saying? So, so I was just like, you know what, Like, get away from me, like Satan, get behind me. I like, see an attractive woman, like nah, uh-uh, <laughs> nah. It's about me and Jesus, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so, so, at, so at first, I didn't even really, like we, didn't, we barely interacted. Um, but then we kept getting invited to the same events. Around the country, yeah. So we would end up on panels together. i was just like, why do I keep running into this into, into the this sister? Providence. In- <laughs> Providence. Right, 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 right. And, and so, um, so eventually, and then, and so I, I became familiar with her poetry and just what she was doing. It was just like, yo, this is dope. Like this this is a sister who is like she's spitting Christ-centered poetry that is just like just cut straight to like getting straight to the point. And um and so. So from a distance, I was like, yo, like, this is dope. So there was, so there was one event in 08 where, um, <laughs> uh, so, so she, she, we both were there, uh, it was at an impact conference and we both were there and um, she came to one of my workshops and, um, and I went to see her do do her thing at a late night poetry thing. And at, after that, I was in the, the lobby uh, talking to a bunch of guys, we were all in, in, a, in a circle and then she just kind of drifts over to the circle, and I, I, I can kind of see her walking through the crowd, making her way over. And I'm trying to be real calm and real chill about it. And she says, "Can I join? Can I join y'all?" And I was like, "Yeah, you can join us." <laughs> <laughs> On the inside, I'm like, "Yeah, you can join!" I'm yeah. really excited, and, but I'm just kind of trying to play it cool. And so we we sit down in the circle, we open up the Bible, and then that entire night we just Talk, answer questions, looked at the scriptures. So, so basically, from like eleven to like five in the morning, when it was time for, for me to go catch my flight back, and it was just like, at that point, I was like, yo, who is that? I was really drawn to her just just by her. She didn't speak much, okay. But when she did, it was there was wisdom behind it. Mm. There was weight behind it. I was like, yo, yo, she's dope. But then I'm thinking, she's in LA. I'm in <laughs> Philly. How's this going to work? It's not, I was, at that point, I was really pessimistic. Cause I, I was a little older when I, you know what I'm saying? And so I was just like, nah, okay, let me just forget about it. But then, like, two weeks later, in my inbox, I get an email. And she was like, yo, I really enjoyed the time that we had. And So she emailed you first? She emailed me first. Yeah, she was stalking me, Is that yo. shooting your shot? Oh, yes. Is that yeah, shooting your shot? she Okay. You know, she was... She w- she was placing herself in the vicinity. You know what I'm saying? Position. Strategic was <laughs> Yeah. It, it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It it, it it wasn't pushy. You know what I'm saying? It was it was just a it was a very short and sweet email, and that was enough for me to be like, well, "What's your testimony? Talk to me. <laughs> what's going on?" And so we went back and forth via via email, and it, and then it just so happens in God's providence that I had a number of events in, yeah. Ca- in California that year.
0: Should I start booking them events in California?
3: <laughs> <where>?
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: they were booked in advance, you <laughs> And so so that provided opportunities to go get coffee while I was out there, um, and um, so there's, it, there's, there's a lot to it. But she shot me down. Yeah. So let me let me just make this very clear for people who don't know, and for brothers. Um, to be persistent, maybe this can be an encouragement to you. So um, so things were going really, really good in our email discussions. It was it was just like, like this, like she feels like a female version of me. Like we like we so like we connect on so many different levels, personality-wise, yeah. background, like you know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. desires and passions, just like yo, this is dope. So, so there came a time when, when I went out to LA to have coffee, and was just like, you know what, I'm I'm interested in pursuing you. So I'm, I'm going to be upfront about my intentions. Like I'm not going, I'm not trying to play no games. Like, yo, I'm interested in pursuing you. And, and she's like, what does that mean? That, that, that means wanting to get to know each other better for the purpose of should the Lord provide that this would end up in marriage. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and she was like, okay, let me, let me get some counsel and, and I'll get back to you. Um, and she did and the counsel was No. Like, okay, and, and it was on her end that she wasn't sh- the, the people that she was around felt like she wasn't ready at that point. Uh, and so at that point, we just continued to talk. Um, and I uh, said, Okay, that's that's what's up. Like, I can wait, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not in a rush, really. Um, and so how did you
2: navigate that period where you had expressed your feelings for her, right? Right, and she had said she wasn't ready, uh huh, but you two were still in communication.
3: Continued to communicate, but just made sure we had boundaries in our communication. So, so it wasn't a whole bunch of like late night, like let me, like let, like, let me just kick this to you real quick. You know, it's like it, it wasn't. It, it was we kept it. We tried to keep it above board. You know what I'm saying in terms of in terms of how we talked to each other. So it was more generic. How was your day? This kind of thing. Um, and and then what ended up happening is we we were in, both invited to the Legacy Conference yep. uh, in Chicago um, and. And I think this is what sealed the deal for, for me at least, and I think she would say the same thing, which is, so, so so we both noticed that our our feelings for each other were growing in that time as much as we tried to have boundaries. And so we felt like, you know what, we should probably take a break. Uh, we have this conference coming up where we're both gonna be at. So let's take about a month and just not talk. And then let's talk at the conference and see kind of see where, where things are. And at the conference saw each other and, And and this was the moment. The moment was when we were up in the balcony taking in the conference, sitting next to each other, and it felt like we had already been married. I felt like I knew this woman. I was so comfortable next to her. There was no awkwardness. We didn't feel like we had to talk to try to, like, break the silence. It was just like we were just together taking everything in and enjoying what was happening and enjoying each other's company in such a way it was like I knew at that point, like, like I, th- I think this is it, you know what I'm saying, and yeah. and so 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 after that I approached her, said you know you know it's been some time, you know how you know how you think you're doing, what's, you know what's, what, what what are you thinking, you know what I'm saying, and she was like um, no again she again she, she was she was she was like no I'm I'm not I don't yeah I don't think so I was like okay all right. So in, the, so, in, so in a few weeks after that, I said, okay, how about this? It sounds like the idea of a courtship with the idea of marriage is just too much too fast. So how about we have an intentional friendship? You're going to have to flesh that You're out. You're
0: going to have to flesh that out.
3: Yeah. What, what's an intentional but, but, friendship? Can I get some props just for the phrase? Does that phrase not sound <laughs> intentional dope? Intentional friendship, Intentional yeah. friendship. friendship. Intentional friendship. So it's less threatening, right?
2: But is it the same thing?
3: It's not the same thing, okay. so, so it's a step before, it's we're friends, but there's something more behind it, you know what I'm saying? So, so if you're together at an event, uh huh. how do you introduce her? It's, his friend.
0: it's my friend. This my friend.
3: Just my friend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say this is my intentional friend. Oh, I'm trying to but work it out. You might
0: say this is my, fr-.
3: would you say this is my friend? It's, we're friendship, it's so, so, so not, oh, not, not, not my girlfriend, no, she, she's my friend, we're friends. 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 Okay. okay. We're <laughs> friends, that's what we are, that, that's what it is. Okay. At the same time, there's an intentionality behind the friendship. So we're still getting to know one another with a purpose. And that purpose is to see if the Lord would ha- have us to be together. So that was very clear.
2: I feel like this is courtship with a different title.
3: Well, no, well, no, no, no. It's a, it's, a, it's a downgrade. So it's a step below courtship. Because courtship is I'm agreeing to, like, we're, we're moving forward. And, mm-hmm. and, and the next step after that is engagement. But for the intentional friendship... Intentional friendship, the next step after that would be courtship.
0: Okay. Is there like a... Sorry, we've got a (laughs) question.
3: The hand's going up. They're
0: like... This intentional friendship. At a point you're having this intentional friendship, were you guys exclusive to each other? And how did you handle other people who might have been interested in Blair? Or how would Blair handle other people who are interested in you? Because I mean, if you're, not int- if you're just in- introducing her as a friend, right, then she's there for the taking kind of thing. Taking? You know. Not like that, you know what I mean, but <laughs> yeah, 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 she's yeah.
3: available. You know, so how was that handled? Was she exclusive or? Yeah, to- so, <coughs> so, so, so yes and no, right? So, so so, yes, it was exclusive in that like we, we weren't pursuing, I wasn't pursuing anybody else at that time. Um, no in that it's not like we're engaged it's not like we're married so it wouldn't have necessarily been sin you know what i'm saying if, if 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 someone else had shown interest in her and she was interested you know what i'm saying i don't think she would have been sinning against me in that regard so um so no but 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 i think from from her standpoint it was like she she's it's <laughs> i think she would say this that at that point in her life, it was either going to be me or it wasn't, it wasn't going to be anything at that point in her life. Um, and so, so we did that for about a month. And at that point, there's um, this, this certain things that we're still kind of work, working through, kind of theologically, kind of backgrounds and that kind of thing. we talking yeah. through some of those things. Um, and, um, and it's going great. It went really well. And so it got to a point where it was like, okay... I think this is the point of of no return. It's either going to be it's either going to be yes or no, right? For real this time. And so I go out to LA, have an event out there, and um, and we meet up with some friends. And then afterwards, I'll never forget. We're at uh, Baskin Robbins. Y'all got Baskin Robbins out here? Ice cream? No, it's an ice cream shop. We got it. Is that okay? Have we, <laughs> have we got it?
0: Have we got it? We got it. Yeah, yeah okay. we got it. We got
3: it. Alright, uh, okay, okay, okay. got it. Sit, so, sit. So <laughs> love how. The- the murmuring that 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 produces. Um, yeah, so 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 we're at Baskin Robbins, and the trip went so well. It was so good. Like it, it just felt like we were just connecting. The yeah. intentional friendship is going well. <laughs> so I'm, I'm 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 just like, and I, I'm I'm about to take my flight back to Philly from LA, and I'm ready for my, I'm ready for I'm just ready for the yes. And so I'm like, okay, I think I think we agree that it's going really well, mm-hmm. and. Blair Wingo at the time. Blair Wingo. I would be honored if you would if you would allow me the privilege of pursuing you in a courtship.
2: Is this verbatim
3: how you said it? That's exactly how I said it. Oh, wow. That's exactly how I said it. And then I just sat back and just waited. <laughs> and then a tear, a tear welled up in her eye. And she said... I think I'm called the singleness.
0: <laughs> no, I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> yo.
0: Oh. Wow.
3: <laughs> we're just going to give like
0: two seconds to recover.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it still hurts. It still hurts. I can, I can feel it. To like, this it still- day, yo. To this day. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It, yeah, it, it's it still feels too soon. Like, like we we've, we've been married for eight years. It still feels too soon. They're to like, yo, like. In retrospect, I get it. So she was very fruitful as a single woman. Like, so like she was killing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. Being invited out to places like London, going around the world, proclaiming spoken word. Like, just she was very fruitful as a, as a single woman. So so her concern, and and she was at a church that promoted singleness. So she didn't have very many many models of young people being married. It was just like singleness is the way to go. Like that that's that was the that was just the uh the the mood of their church that singleness was better because you can you can be more passionate for Christ and you can be singular in your First Corinthians seven. You you don't have those worldly concerns. Yeah. You know and so and so she was concerned that that becoming a wife and a mother would hinder her fruitfulness as a Christian. Mm. And, and and so after she explained that like with tears in her eyes like like I respected that, and she was wrestling. She was like, "I don't, I don't know what to do, but I, I can't really feel like I feel like I can fully commit to this, you know." And so I told her, I said, "You know what? So to remove myself and my own desires from the equation, if I, if I heard you, if so, if you were just, if you were a friend that I wasn't in an intentional friendship with, and and were saying those kinds of things, I would say, you know what? No, don't do it, like." be single and serve the Lord. Like, don't go into this relationship, like, like we're we conflicted, right? Because cause what I didn't want is I didn't want us to end up being married and then her to feel like like once the challenges of being a wife and being a mom kick yeah. in, like, and all of those very real struggles that come along with that, I didn't want her to feel like I snatched her away from yeah. her calling. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like, nah, you know what? I, like, I appreciate you and and, I, and I, I feel bad that this is not able to happen, um, but um, but I'm thankful for the time that we've had and um, and so let's just yeah, let's just kind of um, take time to, to not communicate and um, and then, yeah, I'll continue to pray, that kind of thing. and so so that's what happened, and I I thought, I thought it was over, and I, I got back on that plane like, "Ah, Lord, like what's been happening like yeah, all this yeah. time you know um, and but then. Two weeks later, I, I get a phone call, and and it's her, um, and she says, "You know what? This um, the Lord's been been doing some things." And okay. and so in that in that two week period, um, she she got bombarded like with messages about marriage. So so both times she went to church, it was on it was on marriage, and and I think in a, a book study or a, a study that she she had had came across. It was yeah. about it was about marriage and, and the importance of having a high view of marriage. And and she felt like like the Lord had just really spoken to her and that she and that she was she was ready to to enter into, into the courtship. And then I said no. Seriously. I said no. There no's that's like four no's
0: <laughs> there's four no's
3: I said no. Well you were joking? Uh, huh? You were was, was dead serious. I was de- yeah, I was dead serious. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, because he, here's the thing. Here's the thing.
2: Wait, hey. before we go on, can we just get a show of hands? Guys, like, guys in the room. If you're in Shy's position, the equivalent Blair is giving you the phone call after three times rejecting you. <laughs> you're still feeling her? A show of hands? You're going to say yeah? Or you're going to say no like Shy? <laughs> hands up if Yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: Hands up for yes.
3: <laughs> okay. Let 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 me explain why I said no. And you know. So so this is why I said no. Okay. So so at So so after she explained kind of what had happened, what had happened in that time, yeah. She added and and to be quite honest, like I I just missed you. I missed not talking to you over this two week period. Okay. So I said no because I didn't want I didn't want her to be guided by her emotions and to have some like this emotional response like okay we've been talking now we're not I miss you let's talk again. I didn't want her emotions to contradict her convictions. Okay. Cuz what she stated about singleness 2 weeks prior like that 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 came from a deep deep rooted conviction that she had, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so I didn't yeah, I didn't want her emotions to overshadow her conviction and so I said, "You know what? Let's Let's take another week. <laughs> let's pray about it. And if you feel the same way a week from now, then 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 let's talk about it. And and in that time, a friend of mine, I got some counsel from a really good friend of mine, and he was like, he was like, Shy, what you doing, man? Like, if she says yes, you dog, you better take it and run. Like, don't 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 even like. What are you thinking about? Like, you'd be an idiot not to. Uh, and so, so then a week later, we we had the conversation, and yeah, the rest is history. Here, here we are. We've been married for eight years now.
0: And, and okay we got a question we've
3: got a question yeah
2: Toilet's got a question yeah. how long was this period sorry oh how long was this period so between the intentional friendship and the she said yes eventually so yes the courtship or yes the marriage yeah yes the
3: courtship yes the courtship okay like
2: from the first time you asked
3: from the first time that i asked yeah. so so okay now I don't want this to be prescriptive, so so, okay. so don't don't take this and say that like, this is the way Shai it needs to be. Told me that six months, so come back. Right. Five months. Yeah. So 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 from the very first time that I expressed interest, that was in April, and the intentional friendship was in August, and then that we started the courtship in towards the end of September.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It? Sure. I thought it was What's years. I actually
3: thought it was years. Oh no, 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 no. I thought it was years. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> we're not going to do that. No.
0: I actually thought it was years.
3: You thought it was years? You said you was willing <laughs> no, I, to wait. I was.
0: Oh, okay. But I thought I you waited like a year. But
3: that's relative, though. Okay,
0: it's relative. It yeah, relative.
3: Yeah, yeah. So we're not we're not dragging this thing
2: okay,
3: out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So nah, and and just to give you another sense, so we so we started the courtship in September, um, and then. Got engaged in March, and then married in July. Yeah. Yeah. So, amen. Quit. Amen. I ain't about them long engagements, nope, son. I'm nah. with you. Nah. Nah. So, so the, so the entire period of time between first expressing interest and marriage was about 14 months, yeah. I think, from from April of one wow. year to July of the next. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. We we got a question. Hey, grace and peace, Shai. Bless you brother. for being with us this evening. Um, I wanted to take it back a bit to something you were speaking about earlier. Sorry to change the tone, because I was actually interested in what you were speaking yeah, about yeah, no, as well. But um, not making any assumptions. I wanted to know: Are you familiar with the works of James Cone? And if so, um, what are your thoughts on Black Liberation Theology? And is that going to be reflected through your um, through Lyrical
1: Theology Part Three? Because you spoke about sociological issues, yeah. racism, etc.
3: Yeah. So, so, I know who James Cohn is and and I've only read excerpts and quotes so so I don't know his material well enough to to speak on it in any educated manner um, in terms of black liberation theology that that's a that's a phrase that that means different things to different people, so I would Probably want to know what is meant by a person who uses that phrase. Um, the the thing that I'm most familiar with is would probably be the critiques of Black Liberation theology, as as some understand it, and and someone can correct me with if I'm wrong. But but the critiques of it would say that um, that Black Liberation Black liberation theology equates the, the 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 primary struggle and conflict in the Bible with the struggle and conflict of oppressed people groups, um, and that um, and that Jesus' primary mission was was to come and address injustice and oppression, and um, and if that is the dominant theme of black liberation theology, if that's true then i i don't agree with that um, i don't believe that that is um, i don 't believe that that was jesus' main mission um, Jesus' main mission, as I understand it from scripture, it was to deal with oppression, but it wasn't physical ethnic oppression, but it was the oppression of sin and satan um, and 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 to and to deal with are sinful natures, and that's the sin of everybody. That's black people's sins and white people's sins. That's, that's oppressors' sins and the sins of the oppressed. So so the, so the oppressed don't get a pass simply because they're oppressed, because even people who are oppressed have sinful natures and have the same problem that must be addressed through Jesus' work on the cross and through his resurrection. So. Um, at the same time, I do plan to be very pointed when it comes to racial injustice um, and and speaking to what it looks like for the the gospel to impact that area and and seeing addressing that as a very real implication of the gospel um, and a necessary implication of the gospel and 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 one of the things that that I'm planning on doing is drawing a a through line through history from slavery in America to Jim Crow to the civil rights movement to present day and showing how there's a thread of um, many people, um, many white people in conservative evangelical (laughs) spaces using the argument that we can't get involved in these issues because these are social and political issues. And showing how the very same arguments that were used to defend or to, yeah, to defend not addressing slavery were the same arguments that were used to not address Jim Crow, which were the same arguments that were used to not address civil rights, which were the same exact arguments that are used today, to not address racial injustice today. So, so that's one of the things that I, that I plan on, on on addressing.
2: OK, so moving from the James Cone question, mm-hmm. you've entered the ministry um, at Risen Christ. Yeah. You were an elder. Yeah. Um, what was that process? When did you feel like the Lord was first calling you to planting that church, mm-hmm. um, to becoming an elder? Um, how was that? How was that process?
3: Yeah, so I, I did an internship at a church called Capitol Hill Baptist in Washington D.C. Mark, Mark, Mark Dever, Mark Dever, Nine Marks, <coughs> Nine Marks of a Healthy Church. Um, so I did that internship in 2010. Yep. Um, and it and it was really through that that um, the that sense of 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 burden for pastoral ministry increased and and crystallized and and so. I always knew that I wanted to to eventually end up in, in the urban context. Yeah. Um so 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 Capitol Baptist pri- primarily white, upper and middle class church, um and and so so, after that, uh, a, a brother uh, Garrett Kell uh, invited me to come and be on staff at a church that's connected with Capitol Hill in Alexandria, yeah. Virginia called Delray baptist and uh, So it was there that I came on board as an elder with the goal uh, of sending sending me back to philly um, in two years so so I was yeah. there there I was there for two years um, and so that's, that's where I first served as as an elder and then and then we planted the church in, in 2015. Myself and a brother named Brian Davis. Is that is
0: that God servant?
3: God servant. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. So you've planted a church. What's yeah. that? What's the makeup? What's the demographic? Did you have people move with you from your previous church?
3: We did. Yeah. Yeah. So a few people came with us. Okay. Um, to to Philly uh, from from the DC area. Um, in terms of the makeup of the church, it's um, so we started with our core group in um in in 2014 so we met for a year yeah uh, just as a core group monthly meetings just to go go over the vision of the church um and so there may be 25 30 people yeah uh, in the core group and and just a mix a mix of people so so predominantly black but then a mix of white and uh latino and, and asian within that core group uh and then the um, once we launched the church in 2015, what ended up happening is that there was another church that, so, so we were, <laughs> we, we were about to launch. So we, we launched in September and like towards the end of September. And in the beginning of September, we did not have a building.
4: Okay. So we didn't
3: have a place to meet. We yeah. didn't know where we were going to meet because the building that we had fell through. And so, so we're praying like, Lord, okay, we got this launch date. Like, we have supporters and like, we don't know where we're going to meet. And out of nowhere, by God's grace, a brother hit us up. Uh, So he's a a white, older pastor. Like, he's 60 now. Um, So he's a pastor of a church that was down to about 15 members. And they were uh, just really struggling. He was struggling in ministry. And he felt like the Lord was calling him to partner with uh, an urban, reformed, Minority-led church plant. Okay, very and, we're, and we're like, that's us. Um, and so through through talking with him um, and just praying, uh, we just found a just a according the just a r- real like-mindedness. And so so we so he allowed us to meet in their building. Yeah, yeah. So we met. That's where we ended up meeting was in their building. Um, and then um, about five months later, they joined us. So they folded. As a church, wow. and join Risen Christ. So then, so we ended up having a number of senior saints, aunties, like, and and we were we were a young church before that. Um, and so, and that's just been so dope having intergenerational. Yeah, so how was the yeah? How was the process oh, of man. amalgamating? It's, the two? it's nothing but the Lord, yo. Like, yeah. so everybody I tell this to, they say, "Oh man, how was it? How'd it go?" Yeah. Like, <laughs> it went it went amazingly well. Uh, amazingly, right. it was nothing but the Lord. Um, and yeah, the, those senior saints are are. So, so dear. So, so they were energized by having an injection of youth and having yeah. children, like young children around for the first time in many years. Um, and, and then we were, we were so thankful for just the wisdom and the maturity and um, yeah, of the, of the older saints. And so, so at this point we're, we're. We're still about about half and half in terms of our membership. We're small. Yeah. We're not a big church, yeah. um, uh, but we're right in the hood in, in Philly, which is where we wanted to be. And then even when we like when we moved to our location, this is another part of the story, which is that like so we <laughs> we were living by faith because we had some support, um, but like like we didn't really have money like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the that church they brought a lot of resources to the table, like. Mm. A lot of resources to the table to the point where we were able to buy our own building. Wow. wow. Okay. In our target area, cash, we were able to pay for it. Wow. Um, by God's grace. Um, so, yeah. So,
0: yeah. And when I think of your music in terms of lyrical theology, one to still Jesus, it seems like you've progressively become more uh, church centered. Hmm. Um, do you think that has in- increased as you became, as you stepped into ministry? Or have you always had that church focused physiology? I,
3: I, I think it's, I think it's increased. Um, I mean cer- certainly leading up to my, my time at Capitol Hill, um, so, so I would say my time at Capitol Hill just really like that like gave it a spike up even more but um, but I, I yeah, from going years back, there, there had always been um, you know, and, and that comes just through discipleship and people that I was um, discipled by always emphasize the importance of the local church. Um, and, so, and so even the way that I, that I tried to, to navigate um, my, my career has, has been with an emphasis. Like, like, so, so making sure that I'm not taking concerts and speaking engagements on Sundays often. So making sure I'm back at home, no matter what I'm doing, being back at my church on Sunday morning to be able to be there at, at the worship gathering like that—that that was a—that was a value that was instilled in me, in me from early on. I've tried tried to tried to honor that, um, but I definitely think that um, that that passion has not left. And 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 the the longer I've uh, kind of walked with the Lord in ministry, the more I see His wisdom in in the local church and just mm-hmm. the importance of of community. I think. You know, a lot of times people ask things questions like, Well how how do you how do you remain grounded? Like is a is a question that I get. And, and and one of my answers to that question is I'm I'm constantly in a context with people who were not impressed by me and like in, in the local church. Like so that they don't they don't see me as this so so the none of the saints, the older saints that came over from the other church, none of them knew who I was. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, yes, like, that's dope. That's, yeah. that's great. I just, I just want to interact with you, you know what I'm saying, as auntie. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like this is really, really dope. Um, and so, um, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's just remained a, a really important value. And I, th- I think that's one of the weaknesses in, in most forms of Christian artistry is, is that emphasis on the importance of the local church.
2: Were there any particular challenges you faced when you were an elder in this church?
3: Yeah, there, there were many challenges. And I've, I've written an article about it um, uh, on ninemarks.org. if you look. Um, it's it's a, a series they did on, on pastoral burnout. Yep. Um, yeah, so there were many challenges. So, so, so what happened was we, we had our third child, Ezra, um, in 2015 on May 31st of 2015. Two weeks later we were moving to Philly and and having our third child, that gave us three children, three and under. Within two weeks we moved back to Philly. Um, Within a couple days of being in our house, um, I took a shower and I heard some (laughs) rumblings from downstairs and my wife said, turn the shower off. I turned it off and I went downstairs and our entire living room was flooded because there was water coming through the light fixtures. Um, And and then within a few weeks after that, we launched the church. A few weeks after that, we got into a serious car accident uh, where my wife was driving. We had the entire family in the car. Uh, She hit a deer and the car was totaled. Thankfully, no one was uh, physically injured. Um, But a few weeks after that, uh, my wife had her first panic attack um, related, connected to the the car accident, and and then that began a, a journey of serious health issues for the last three years that we're still in 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 the in the thick of in in many ways, and and so and so for me, um, it was really challenging in trying to navigate what does it look like to serve as a church planter and pastor, um, and without neglecting my first ministry to my family Uh, and 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 i didn't do a good job of compartmentalizing um so i think many pastors have have a god-given ability to um they can be affected by the caring and shepherding the sheep um, but it's not something that completely infiltrates and dominates their lives to the point where it's difficult for them to function at home i didn't have that ability uh and so so i would i would interact with the saints um and and when i got home from work still carrying the burden in such a way that it was just like i it, it was hard for me to be fully present at home and 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 my wife was going through serious health challenges we have these three young kids and so so she needs me to to be there at one point she was she was incapacitated for a few weeks yeah. and so i had i had to like stop work and and be at home with you know with with the with the kids for for that for that time and so um and so at that point what what began as this is a passion this is a burden this is my desire it it actually b- began to feel more like a duty than a delight it felt it felt more like okay i have to be here and prepare this sermon because this is my job and i need to do this more so than man i just lord i just want to get even more closer to you through this through this process so i actually began to to despise the the calling in certain ways um and um and so so I was sharing these things with the other elders and, um, and we tried different things. We tried you know, having me step back for a time, take a sabbatical. Cause at one point I realized that I had not for about four years had not taken a real, had any real rest. So it yeah. was just go, 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 go for, for many years. Um, and, um, so we tried that and, um, and then ultimately it got to a point where it was like, you know what? I think that I need to step back, step back from pastoral ministry, um, which which doesn't mean I'm not going to continue to be a faithful member, but let's just let's be members, let's contribute as um, you know with with the gifts that the Lord has has given us. But let me take this time to step back, get back to music because I had stopped doing music and and writing for for that period of time, and and, and let me care for my family, and um, and let's let's see how that goes with the idea that if the Lord should call me back to, to eldership at some point, being open to that, having an open hand and being willing to do that, if that should be his will. But, but in the meantime, just focus on, on being a Christian who loves God um, and who seeks God not because it's my job, but because I love him.
2: So how did the church receive that process of you going from being an elder to becoming a church member again? It was
3: hard. Yeah. It was hard just because, you know, as one of the people who, who planted the church, um, and I, and I and I think that the, our congregation didn't have a category for someone stepping back and it not being sin and scandal, yeah. yeah. And just like just like the pastor done wild out, and so now he's he's, stop, he's stopping. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I just that I
0: generally do that anyway. Hmm? I don't think we generally have a, right, a space yeah, yeah, where yeah, a pastor yeah. stepping away is not related to sin. That's but,
3: right. Yeah. And so and so so I think they were just kind of wrestling with that. Um, but I think one of the things that helped was. In stepping away from pastoral ministry, we didn't become invisible. So, yeah. so we were still around, still doing a lot of the same things, still hosting people regularly, still doing hospitality. I still preach from time to time, um, and so, uh, so in many ways, uh, though, the, so there has been a stepping back in certain ways. We're still actively involved, just as members of our church. And I think that that was that's been very helpful for the, for the congregation. And then and then also the Lord beginning to raise up other other brothers who can uh, who can lead in certain ways. And so I think I think that's been you know the, look, it's not my church; <laughs> it's the Lord's mm-hmm. church. And Jesus has promised, I will build my church. Um, mm-hmm. And so He's He's been faithful in in that regard. And so it's been really um, encouraging for me to see that. This, this was not dependent on me at all in any shape, way, shape or form and that God is still still doing his thing and, and it's good to see disciples being made and leaders being raised up in, in my absence so I'm thankful for that. Mm-hmm.
2: So I think often um, in these discussions um, one of the things that most people want to hear about is how do you identify someone who's about to hit burnout and how do you navigate that process? One, as a church member trying to support Someone within within your church going through that process, or you as an individual believer going through that process yourself and trying to, as it were, encourage yourself in the truth again.
3: Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think so. As I'll speak as as an individual believer first. So I, th- I think you can you can identify it when. When you understand, when you have a sense of where is my, where's my energy coming from? Um, what, what's the power behind what I'm doing? Is, is what I'm doing being fueled by sheer willpower? Um, how dependent on the Lord am I? Am, am I? am I spending more time working than praying? Um, is is my is my is my work prayerless so so am i am i trying to do things in my own strength um and 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 that, and that's something that um in one sense that's that's a question for each believer in their own heart it's like am i am i doing this in in my own strength and, and and the way that you can identify that is how connected to prayer is what you're doing how's your prayer life um you know how how's your time in the word are you are you coming to the word to, to meet with the Lord because you love God? Or are you coming to the word because this is just something, this is what I have to do as a Christian? There's a, there's a difference. And, that, and that's not to downplay the importance of duty. So, so, so God gives duties and he tells us to do these things whether we feel it or not. So we, so we shouldn't just lay around and just kind of wait for the inspiration yeah. to do something. Um, Discipline is important. We're told to to train ourselves, to to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. So 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 there is an aspect of that. But if it's but if it's only discipline, and 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 that and that's not um, fueled by by joy and love and delight in the Lord, then that that could be an early sign of of burnout. I think asking people people around you just just, just where, where is my joy? Where, where is my joy in the Lord? And I know that for, for me, many people saw that there was there was just a discernible difference. I was, yeah. it was just a weightiness. Now, now I, I, generally speaking, like I have a melancholy temperament, so I've struggled with depression, um, and so that I had that in my background. Um, the, and, and when I say I've struggled with depression, like, like there's, there's been times where I've been, I've been completely incapacitated, like, okay. like could yeah. not get out the bed like li- like literally like felt like I could not face the world like for for days at a time you know what i'm saying um and so um and so so my wife is aware of that and um and and so having people around me to say you know what like it it seems like like your 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 vibrancy your like your zeal in in serving the lord it just something something seems different like what's 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 going on with you and and being willing to have honest conversations with people about that i think that can I think the community at large can help to discern burnout because oftentimes it's the it's the people around who recognize it even before the the person. And so I'm talking about people in leadership, like the congregation can can begin to recognize, like, mm, he's not preaching like he used to preach. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. mm, if it, it, it feels like he's like kind of. Kind of mailing it in, you know what I'm saying? Like he's kind of jumping back on his old hobby horses, and I hear him saying some of the same things, but I'm not. I'm not seeing that same kind of kind of passion that yeah, used to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? The congregation can recognize it, um, and so I think from a congregation standpoint, I think I think prayer is the most important thing. But then also, are
2: there specific things that congregations should be praying for in those moments?
3: Yeah, I, th- I think. Yeah, pr- praying that 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 God would increase. um would it would increase the pastor's delight in Jesus is a good thing to pray. Um, Lord, Lord, would you be at work in our pastor's heart to increase his desire, passion, zeal, and fervency for you? Um, God, God would, you, would you work in our pastor in, um, in, in such a way that he, um, that he feels like he can be transparent? Lord, provide our pastor with people that he can be open to about open about things with about what's going on in his soul oftentimes pastors can be the most isolated people because we feel like you know we have a congregation to shepherd and and we feel like we can't even really share our struggles like the things that are going on in our souls with the church and then you know we have friends who are in ministry but they're busy with what they're doing um and and so it's just like we just feel like, man, where can we turn? And often, you know, we, we turn to our wives. But then, but then we feel like, well, we can't share like like the sin of the church. We like we don't want to be like sharing the sin of the yeah, church with yeah. our wives, because then they, like they're gonna be looking at people's side eye. Like, yo, my husband's struggling because of you. you your <laughs> sin. You know what I mean? So, um, so, so so it so it can be a really like lonely, kind of yeah. isolating yeah. kind of place. So so pray that God would provide your pastors with with peers. That he can be be open and honest with about about what's going on in his soul. That's another thing you can pray. Mm.
0: We're quickly running out of time, sadly. Oh, sorry. Um, but we're going to take one question from the audience, even though we've got loads of questions. Um, when Ephraim gives me the eye, I'll know when to. He's <laughs> giving me the eye already. So,
3: <laughs>
0: okay, a question from there. One, two, one, two. Where are we going? there we go
4: yeah um, thanks for being shout, um, just,
1: uh, Stand up, um brother.
4: just um, in terms of like your music and considering just like the label like, and the preparation that has gone into like your albums um, all of which are like gospel saturated and have like had a major impact on the church and many individuals that are present here tonight um how do you feel when um other christians who um that the world knows um, the receiving accolades, um, but they're silent in the proclama- proclamation of the gospel in terms of like their music strictly. How do you feel when um, like the world knows their name, they know, they, they know the music and the content, yeah. but they're not hearing um, the message of the gospel that saves? And considering like, Christ and what he instructs his church to do in terms of the mission, how do you feel like, when the likes of yourself um, God's servant, and if you brindle, just faithful yeah. guys that are that are faithful to that, to, the, to the to the gospel. Um, how do you feel like just on a personal level?
3: Yeah. So my hope is that uh, brothers who take that approach are walking in discipleship and faithful at their local churches and. Serving the Lord and behind the scenes, leveraging their opportunities to proclaim the gospel um, as as they as they interact with people in the uh, in the general secular market that's 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 my hope that 's my desire that 's my prayer and uh and from a standpoint of wanting to believe all things like that's that 's what i trust I, I trust that the Lord is at work in these brothers and and they are killing it behind the scenes in, uh, in sharing their faith and, and, and that there's, there's conversions happening and there's people who are turning to the Lord that we're not even aware of and that God is doing his thing through them. That's, that, that's, that's my hope. Mm-hmm. Um, on, on a personal level, while I recognize that there is a place for Christian artists who are not explicit about, um, about their faith, in, in their art, I think there is a place for that, and I think that that is uh, I think that's a fine and good thing to do. At the same time, on a personal level, I think that there is there's a unique opportunity with hip hop, and this is kind of my thing because I, th- I think all genres are not created equal in terms of what their purpose is and what what they can do. So in other words, I think there's a, there's a limitation on genres like let's say country music or R&B. Um, there's a limitation in the sense of there's a particular cultural expectation for those particular forms that don't lend, that it doesn't lend itself in the same way of kind of upfront proclamation as hip hop does. One of the cultural expectations of hip hop is that you say what's on your heart. And you and you you say what's on your mind. You keep it real. You keep it on right? Like that's 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 a that's a hit, that's a value in hip hop culture. And so part so part of my concern is that as Christians, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks and you have the world who is very bold in their proclamation of their sinful world view. Like, they, like they, don't, they don't shrink back at all, right? Like Wiz Khalifa, like for those of y'all who are familiar with that name, if I say, what is Wiz Khalifa about? Anybody who's familiar with him, they're going to say weed. Because he's so, he's so open and bold and upfront about it. So many different artists. You say, what's the general flavor or tone of that artist? You're going to have a sense of it because that's the expectation. You are who you are. And so, and so whatever it is that you're rowdy about, whatever you're passionate about, that's what it is that you're going to proclaim. It's only Christians that feel like we're going to hide what we're most passionate about for the sake of reaching people. I don't see, I don't see that in the Bible, though. That's, that's, that's the only thing. Like i don't I don't see that in the bible what what i what I see in, in the Bible is we've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light in order to declare and proclaim his praise and hip hop is a praising medium the problem is that people are praising sin so how christians going to get on the mic and, and praise or or proclaim something that's not the glory of God. So I'm stepping onto my soapbox. I'm going to step off right now. But I think you have a follow-up question. Keep it brief, brother, please. And, and I, I'm open to continue this, like, after the recording okay. is done. I'm open to continue yeah? this offline. Okay, so. you know
0: what? Please, if you could.
3: Let's let's get it offline. Yeah. we'll do it afterwards. Yeah. Is that fine? Yeah, catch up I'm happy to.
0: I, we just got. Two last questions. Um, so you, you mentioned earlier about legacy. So when you think about the end of your Christian pilgrimage, what would, you, what would you want your impact to be? And then lastly, thinking of the book, uh the new book, the album, uh you're working on your next project, all the other things you've got in plan, anything that we can pray for you about?
3: Thank you. Thank you. So in, ter- in terms of legacy, and again, this is something that I think about the older I get. Um, and I was just sharing this with, with some brothers today. I, I, I was... I remember uh, interacting with uh, a pastor who asked the question of, this is an older seasoned pastor who was, was spending time around some Christian hip hop artists. And the question that he asked them is, how does what you're doing now musically, how will that impact your listeners when they're 60? How does what you're doing now, how will it impact your listeners when they're 60? And I found that to be a really profound question. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, it, and it really, it was an exhortation to me to do things that will last. Um, to not live in the moment, per se, to be aware of what's happening in the moment, but not, but not be so anchored to the present moment that, that I neglect the eternal. Um, and so, yes, it's my, my, my desire as, as I, um, yeah, as, as I come to the end of my pilgrimage, is that by the grace of God, he would have used a, a broken vessel to proclaim his glory and to direct people's hearts, attention, and affections to the Lord Jesus Christ in such a way that, that their souls would be impacted eternally.
0: And anything we can, anything we can pray for you about?
3: Yeah. So, so, so pray that I would be faithful, um, that I would not give in to the pressure of this, all kinds of I feel pressures in a lot of different directions. So, so that um, that I would stay the course, um, and that God, by His grace, would allow me to receive the well done, good and faithful servant. Um, pray for my wife. Um, please, please pray for my wife's health. Um, she said something really interesting to me, which I which I was really grateful for, which is that you know we're about three years into these health struggles, and and she said that you know um previously all of my attention was well most of my attention was focused on on healing and focused on getting the answers because it still hasn't been properly diagnosed by a physician so so we still have more questions than we have answers in terms of why it's happening um but she said previously I was so focused on on the doctors and the appointments and um and just and just making sure you know my diet and, and and all of these things and 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 just recently she said she's gotten to a point where um she she's learning to trust the Lord um, that that what what may glorify him the most may not be him taking it away, but it may be how she honors him through the the health struggles um, and so and so I would ask for prayer I would ask that you pray that God would heal her um, and and also but but most importantly that that God would be glorified um, and that and that she would Um, yeah, just, just 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 that she she would honor him uh, through through the struggles um, and that, and that I would um, that I would serve her serve her and my family well through it.
2: Right, so that brings us to the end um, of this evening's discussion with Shai. Um, I think we should just give Shai a round of applause. For Um, And before we close, and I think there's opportunity to talk, I'll just say a word of prayer. Um, So if you bow your heads, join me in prayer. Our Father in heaven, uh, we come to you this evening conscious that we can only come because we come in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we do thank you for the access we have to you through him, indeed the darling of heaven, uh, who did leave um, heaven's throne to come to this world to live and to die for sinners. And Lord, as we um, have had this moment to share with our brother, uh, Shai, we do thank you for the gift of fellowship and being in the family of Christ and um, how, uh, Lord, someone who's in the States and we're here in the UK, we can be bonded to in a way that's hard to explain through human words. Um, and we do pray for him, Lord, as he's, he's come, he's, he's shared his heart with us and the various things that are um, precious upon him. We ask that, Lord, you would be there for him, that he would undertake to strengthen him. Uh, to give him the grace that he needs to be faithful in this time of trial. And we think particularly of his wife, uh, Blair. Uh, We do thank you for her, Lord, for her uh, faithful partnership with Shine, the ministry of marriage. And we pray that, Lord, as she uh, undertakes these uh, trials of health, that you would be kind to her, that you would draw near to her, and that you would continue to reveal yourself to her in the midst of her suffering. And if it be your will also, Lord, that you would remove this from her. Um, Lord, we pray then for our discussion as we would go on with the rest of this evening. We ask that you would grant us all a measure of wisdom with our speech, that we might be the instruments of one another's sharpening, and that all things um, this evening might tend to the glory of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we do pray. Amen.